Knights HQ, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Highly skilled labour hire and real world training for engineers, trades and construction. G'day and welcome to Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Highly skilled labour hire and real world training for engineering, trades and construction. Well, we've had a lot that's changed since the last time we did the Knights HQ. Coming to you via Zoom in Twin Waters. Now we're in this beautiful new studio. I want to thank Jimmy for the first edition of the podcast. Outstanding. I know I'm under pressure, so thanks for that, mate. He's already put a little bit of a guillotine at the back of my head, which is nice. Thanks to the girls, Sam and Kate. thought you were outstanding starting off a really good season of Knights HQ. There's so much to talk about. I don't even really know where to start, but I'll start by saying... It is exciting times ahead. There's a whole new heap of bodies. There's some new staff rolling in, some new players. We're not far away from the centre of excellence. And I tell you what, we're bubbling along. There's a little bit to cover today. We're going to cover Mitchell Pearce. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about so much more. Because our special guest today, our first guest to start off the next season, or for my, my hosting of the next season, is a bloke that the Knights went very hard for. They chased harder than any other player The role that is going to be fulfilled is a whole new role we've never seen in the NRL. We've got a number of those in the staff that are now wearing the red and blue of the Newcastle Knights. So, let's get it on. The Newcastle Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Let's let it rip. Now is the time to register your interest for a 2022 Knights membership. Existing members can retain their seat by heading to knightshub.com.au forward slash membership. Welcome back. Thanks for joining Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. You know what? I'm pretty excited. What a way to opening the batting with, I'm going to say, the biggest recruitment drive the Knights have done in staff in recent times, if not ever. And this bloke, my guest today, was the top of the pops. Even to the point where it was more important than any of the players that we've targeted. So, Gags, I know you'll be listening when you're joining us again at the Knights. Don't feel bad because you've run second behind my guest today. And he has got an amazing history. Let let me share just a little snippet of what our guest brings to the table. He's a renowned physical performance manager with experience across a variety of clubs. We've been to the Roosters, the Titans, but Parramatta is where Hayden Knowles really started it out. And he, he cut a different edge into what was known as performance. These days, not only is he a performance coach, He's also a key part of what the Penrith Panthers have just achieved in 2021 with an amazing premiership. He also hosts Get the Edge, a podcast, and he's recently been appointed as our head coach of performance. Now, the key word there is coach because it's a much different role, and I welcome him tonight's HQ. Hayden Knowles, welcome. What an intro, Frank. Did you like it? I love it. Mate, I cannot wait where this is going to go, but can I just say I know you like to talk people up. But let's just see how this goes because at the same time you mentioned it's been a, a big recruitment drive, which it has, and I've uh, headhunted some really good staff. I'm also very respectful to the staff that were here, um, some of them who I knew and some of them who have handled the change really professionally, which then makes them employable elsewhere. In fact, some of them have moved on yeah. to other clubs straight away. So... Uh, including I know how much work's gone into this new um, centre of excellence. Yeah. I'm walking into a to a world class facility, which a lot of people have put work into. So, 
yeah, I need to be careful here about uh, really talking myself up, but I, I do know that's what you get paid to do, so I'll do, I'll do your deal. I'll do your deal to start, right? <laughs> All right, so we'll back off a little bit on how important you are, but I'm not going to back off on giving you a hard time. How about that? Is Let's that a good go. deal? Let's go. So because this bloke has head hosted plenty of podcasts, so he knows what my role is in this. I, I do take uh, a good lead there. The fact that we will pay homage to those that have dug some trenches, including some recent staff, and I will say, uh, I echo those sentiments. That the handover has been excellent. Uh, Balin Couples, uh, Matt, Matt Tui, and a number of others that have exited. It's been, um, you know, really, really professional by them. Particularly Balin, he's been outstanding in that changeover. So that is, it's a great acknowledgement, mate. So let's start with. I'm going to start with, and, and and look, podcasts are meant to just grow and roll, right? So I'm a bit nervous interviewing you, as nervous as you are talking about yourself, because you've been on this side of the mic plenty. So I'm just going to get straight in. I've given him absolutely no game plan. So we're just going to roll with that's it. That's what we're going to do. Uh, the podcast you mentioned that I host, is it was originally done just to try to help people. So as you know, in my field, I am connected with a lot of people day to day that inspire other people so i was listening to a lot of podcasts i listen almost daily to audible books that's just kind of a a routine i'm in and i i realize that all the people i work with all have a great story that'll inspire other people so that that's how that started it's not as regular as a podcast should be um but yeah i've had plenty of good guests across multiple sports that i've been involved with and so if, out of all your millions of listeners, if some of them listen to mine, that would be great. Well, I'm going to give you an example of the power of this bloke. Not only has the Centre of Excellence been fast-tracked, but this studio was built. It's now known as the Hayden Knowles <laughs> Studio. Not, not quite true, but it's, uh, it's pretty nice, mate. What do you think of the new studio? Fantastic. I think I want to record my podcast straight out of here. Um, but no, seriously, you are, you're, you're a world-class club. You're um, a benchmark in some areas and... The new Centre of Excellence and this to start with, uh, my first impressions of the club have been first class. Um, I have had other impressions of this club before, which I'm sure you're going to go to way back from my days at the Eels. Yeah. Uh, the 2001 Grand Final. Yeah, One like that it. still haunts me and every day I walk through, there's a picture of the <laughs> 2001 team uh, in our gym currently. Uh, the 2001 team is there and my great mate Scotty Campbell sitting at the front, one of the training staff, who I've just had with me working at Penrith Panthers for the last three years and constantly reminded me of the 2001 <laughs> Grand Final. And I've come in here and everywhere you look, you even go to the bathroom and just before you turn into the bathroom, there's the game ball with Andrew John's signature on it. And But yeah, like... The the history of this club's fantastic and now to be a part of it. I live quite locally. I live on the Central Coast. It's always been really the perfect job for me, to be honest. I got offered a job here twice before, but the timing wasn't right. I got offered a job for 2007, I think that would have been, with Brian Smith, but the timing wasn't right. I got offered a job again with Wayne Bennett when he first came here and the timing wasn't right. This time around, Danny Badiris hunted me for a long time during our origin camps. We we work with the origin team together. He 
I never had any interest to leave Penrith. I, I wasn't going anywhere. I was contracted to Penrith for a couple more years. They are a great club. I love the staff. I love the players. Uh, Ivan Cleary and his wife Beck were so good to me, as the whole club were. I had no intentions to leave. Bedsy begged me, you have to sit in front of Adam O'Brien. Please, you have to meet Adam O'Brien. I kept putting it off, putting it off. Like I said, no intentions to leave Penrith. And the Sunshine Coast just brought this all together. Mm. Uh, Adam had one crack and went really, really hard, as you're aware. Uh, Then I I like to be honest with everything, so I went straight to Ivan Cleary as soon as this happened. Uh, Phil Gardner called me and... It all happened pretty quickly. Ivan Cleary uh, was so good to me. He realises that I'm a father of three teenagers. He realises my time in Penrith, I I was living in Penrith, so I wasn't coming home and seeing my kids, seeing my family. He realised it's it's time to be a dad as well. Um, Phil Gardner, who deals very well with Brian Fletcher at Penrith Panthers, explained to him this role is a much bigger role. Mm. Um... And it all happened on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, Ivan asked me to tell the players one month before the final series just so that there was no distractions. Phil Gardner was the same. He said, you will not hear from the Knights again. Go and win a premiership. That was his words. And Ivan was the same. He said, righto, deal's done. Focus on Panthers. Let's get a job done and then move on. So the way it happened, it was... Pretty crazy up there. There was all sorts of stuff going on in the Sunshine Coast. Frank, you Can were I, there. Let me you were there. just share a little bit. Is whether it's myth or real, myth or real, I love to have the theatre of it. But is it true that you were putting on hoodies and sneaking around the garden to get into Adam O'Brien's villa? I can't deny that, Frank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, do you know what? It was, it was awkward because my players at Panthers need to feel my total commitment and then the Knights were next door. Yeah. So even though I'm quite friendly with some of your people, I, I couldn't really get too friendly with them. I'd see the Knights players down at the local cafe and I, I didn't want to be seen with them by my <laughs> Panthers players. So it was, um, yeah, it was a funny little period, the Sunshine Coast. I mean, yeah. But it, after, <laughs> after Ivan made it really clear, come on, let's get it done, and focus totally on Panthers. Once that happened, I was really, really clear what I needed to do each day and the season finished off really well with the Panthers. Let's talk about that staff you assembled. So it, actually, let's talk a little bit more about the role first because it's a unique role. It, it's a head of coaching and performance, so there's a coaching element to what you do as well. First time we've seen it in the NRL. Yeah, well, Adam was pretty clear that he wanted that role. He wanted me more as one of his coaches. Um, I think Bedsy may have told him how I work with Freddie in those camps, which is that kind of role, um, which I really appreciate. Adam values me in that sense. Um, but then also this role at the club, what Philip Gardner has set up is a a general manager of performance across the whole group. So part of my role is to really care. Obviously my day-to-day is NRL with Adam and his staff, but also to care about the whole club, the pathways. I'm meeting a couple of NRLW players tomorrow to talk about their career here. Um, 
my job is to care about the whole club, which I now have a staff that are doing that. So I think this club has a real opportunity to be the best development club in the league. I've just come from a very good development club that do things very well and I think we have an opportunity here, in particular also with the women's game, to do things at the top of the league. So I know they've just appointed Garth Brennan as head of pathways, who I've worked with before. Um, His total focus is on the pathways. Um, The staff he's got... Yeah, I, I really think there's something something special in that area. And you know what, the women's game, originally, Frank, I didn't know we'll talk about the women's game here, but uh, the women's game, the first time I was exposed to it was in an origin camp and we were the men's team were meant to go and watch at North Sydney Oval. And we didn't. We just went upstairs into Freddie's room and we watched the game. And at that stage, personally, I wasn't really getting my head around the women's game, we watched that game and we were like, wow, this is this is good. And then, uh, you know, progressing with this story was my daughter came in the change rooms after an Origin Series win. Tedesco had just won by scoring in the final seconds and it was, it was crazy in the change rooms. But my daughter was like... Dad, Dad, that's Kezi Apps. Like <laughs> other kids are saying, can I have a photo with James Tedesco or or you know, Tom Travojevic or Mitchell Pierce was there in that game, and my daughter wanted to meet Kezi Apps, and I was like, I never realised how much she loved the game. A year or two later, my daughter's now playing junior rugby league, and there's this group of girls coming through the coast and in Newcastle that are loving the game. And it's so hard, Frank, not to get mm. excited for them. So, yeah, I, I really love that I'm at a club that are going to care about that women's game and I can go home and tell my daughter, like, keep dreaming, you know, because yeah. it, it's happening here at Newcastle. So that's that's unique about this role. Like I've never – all I've ever done is focus on one team, the NRL team. But here there's – there's a big picture happening. We're extremely excited about the NRLW. The first ever Newcastle Knights team will finally get to launch. The centre of excellence will be the best facilities for professional rugby league anywhere to set up, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. To allow you to do that role of uh, the head coach of performance, you've had to put together a, and assemble a very good staff, and I was lucky enough to be part of some of that planning process. It was audacious to think you could go and get what you got. Let's talk a little bit about who you've got under the roof and how we did it. Well, it starts at the top. As you walk past me at a cafe on the Sunshine Coast and you just tugged on my shorts a little bit and you walked past and you said, Philip gets what he wants. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah. Clearly. And I was like, oh, no, Frankie knows. (laughs) No no one knows about this besides... Me and Adam and Bedsy, because the first person I wanted to tell was Ivan Cleary. Like I didn't, I'd never wanted him to hear any other way. Mm. He has been so good to me, I had to be honest with him. But I went, no, Frankie Barrett knows, the whole world's going (laughs) to know. that's exactly right. But anyway, you said Philip gets what he wants and then, which he did, and then I then followed that lead and I, I said I need to get what I want, what I what I really need here. So top shelf, top priority was 
a man named Craig Catterick who I've worked with for over 20 years. I trust him with my life. Uh, he's been with me recently at the Panthers. Uh, people keep sending me the video of me and him hugging each other after the game. Like, I, I love him. And he would do anything for anybody. He's here in a medical management style role, but also helps me at the training side. But he's a on the medical side of things here as a medical coordinator. I went hard for a head of sports science named Jed McGrath, who came from Penrith Panthers as well. Uh, I went for Harry Harris, who you've known for a long time. I love Harry because he's he has so much wisdom. He has 30-plus years' experience in the game. The type of experience you, you just actually can't pay for. And a lot of our young players here, he will have a massive influence on their life. I talk to any player that's ever worked with Harry before from other clubs, a lot of retired guys now, who love him. Yeah. And as you know, Frank, the reason they love him is because he loved them yep. at some stage to make him a better player. Uh, and I'm talking some of the game's elite, like top-shelf players mm. who have worked with him that love him. So I know he'll have an impact. Um, I went for a strength coach, Pat Lane, from the Sydney Roosters, who he comes with a couple of premierships there. Um, and beautiful hair. He's got beautiful, beautiful red hair. Beautiful red hair. Flowing. Yeah. He's in You're jealous of that, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. very jealous. He, he's Aiden's in, bald for His enthusiasm it? is out of control. I, I've worked with Paddy before at the Roosters. He's from a really good club, good systems, knows what it takes to win, understands players, used to take so much pride in seeing a player make his debut. He didn't care well, at that stage when I was there was – he didn't care if it was Victor Radley who hadn't even played first grade yet or Boyd Cordner, he still treated them the same. And he takes great pride in, in that. Uh, he's very, very good at his job. He'll work really well with Harry. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a, a really tight team. Uh, Mick Reed, who was already here, stays here. Uh, I did a lot of homework around Mick and everybody... Not one person, not one Frank, said a bad word about this guy. So he had to stay. Um, yeah, so we've got a we got a really good really good crew. Um, we've got a, a couple of new guys in the medical area, and we we've got a physio's come across with an AFL background, which is going to help um, just with some knowledge of other sports and experience with other sports. You could see that today with Nalesh there. Yeah. He's got a really different focus, which supports yeah. Phil Bosson. Yes, he does, mate. And, and you know, for us, we travel the world visiting different sports, different codes. Yeah. Um, of recent years, I've had a lot of AFL influence and now we've gone and employed one. So that was really good. Um, yeah, Jin Lee, our, our CMO, has come on board. He, he also was a game day doctor for the Panthers in recent years. Mm. And we rated him massively there. But Newcastle's home for him and for him to come home, I know Philip wanted to go hard for him and, and so did Adam. So, th yeah, there's a really new new vibe in that physical staff area. And, and I love too the pathways that it's creating because we talk a bit about pathways, but also Clint Churchard in behind that has been a developing doctor who's just adds to it. It's up and down right through the grades. And that to me is highlighted by yesterday afternoon, Monday afternoon, it's a reminder for you from 2001, by the way, Grand Final. We've got Andrew John, Steve Simpson, um, Danny Baderas all out there training. Next to Kirk Gidley, Marco Mealy, 
and you've got all these pathways of people. Our kids are trained by these one-on-one. It's phenomenal. I rang Adam O'Brien on the way home yesterday because I stayed back to have a look how everyone was working and I said, mate, if you're a parent of a young player at the moment, you want them at the Knights. And he said, what do you mean? What do you? I said, mate, I just left Kirk Gidley, as you said, Bedsy, Simpson, Johns, O'Mealy. Like these are all legends. And, and then NRL staff as well, Blake Green, Willie Peters, Garth Brennan was out there. There was the staff on the field. Yeah. I could not believe. So I had to ring Adam on the way home and I, you know. So you throw in the Rory Costations, the Eric Smiths with the Willie Peters, um, Blake Green joins, Marco Mealy comes, comes in and out, coaching New South Wales Cup this year. We've got a whole other plethora of coaches underneath that. It, it, it's healthy. It is, and also on the physical side, Harry made sure he went and met the NRLW players who were in the building. Pat Lane was in the gym working with our young academy players. These are all NRL staff but who are caring about the whole club. So I'm really excited about the connection with the staff. I think the players will just feel it all the way through. Well, I want to tell you about a connection. We made a connection last year with Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Now, let me give you a stat. Last year alone, they supplied over 210,000 labour hours with zero lost time injuries. Now, that's important to you because you keep people on the field, so Maxwell Recruitment Training are helping us. You see? Yeah. You are the benchmark. <laughs> Mate, I like this bloke already. Now, what I also want to ask you about is you've been around the world looking at different sports, but not just a spectator. You've been actively involved in them, UFC, boxing. We're going to see some of those people. We've already seen some roll in. James Tahuna. Do I hear the name Danny Green being thrown around? You've worked with him before. Might we see him? Yeah, I mean, Greeny would love to come over. He's in Perth. He has... He was pumped to read the story in the newspaper that he, he's on board. Uh, just to get him here yep. is we need a workout. Um, I, yeah, I worked you – know, I've been working in rugby league for 21 full-time years now and part of that, six of those years, Danny Green was a part of that. So I worked as his conditioner for six years um, and he went through some you know, really big parts of his career that I was privileged to be a part of. So there's a few world titles involved there. Uh, I've worked with track and field athletes where that background definitely helps. Um, some real influence from my own father who coaches track and field from as long as I can remember. I've had world-class coaches sitting around a dinner table. It's just been a part of my life. Um, and some really good uh, influence in not only have I helped athletes of other sports, but they've also influence how I now work with rugby league players, if that makes sense. Yep. The mindset of a Danny Green, the discipline of a Danny Green. You've met James Tahuna, who's on board, UFC. Um, The way he just walks forward to a challenge, no matter what type of adversity. That guy's fought with dislocated shoulders, broken arms. Um, I was with him with a fight preparation in Colorado where he couldn't even use his hands, but the power of visualisation leading into that fight. He couldn't use his hands in the lead-up, so he couldn't spar, he couldn't do anything. He had injuries on both sides. The power of visualisation and then seeing what his opponent was going to do and timing this uppercut to perfection and winning the fight in 47 seconds, the mindset of that, uh, 
I'm big on. That's influenced. That's influenced me for sure. Um, so yeah, they often thank me for being a part of their career, but I actually thank them because it it's exposed me to a whole new world. And then I've also always travelled around the world trying to learn off different sports, whether it be soccer in Europe or whether it be NFL or mm. yeah. So you know, spending a couple of weeks with athletes in Jamaica, for example, different different sports have moulded who I am and different coaches have moulded who I am. And then I've some rugby league coaches that have influenced me of that's where I um put a lot of the credit to. But but yeah, um it it, it just happens over time, Frank. You yeah. can't like you can't tell someone who's listening this is the journey you should follow. Like it just happens. Like you can't buy time and that's kind of where I'm at now. Um experiences with different different teams in rugby league like different coaches I, I think I've worked with about 27 head coaches wow. but that that means some of them were assistants when I was with them but they've moved on so over the years like there's so many coaches that have influenced me to be where I am now to where Adam's got me in this role so I'm going to let you in a little secret now, H. We haven't shared this with you, but you speak about one of those coaches you've worked with before, one of our greats, our premiership winning coach in his first year, Michael Hagen. Yes. So I was doing a bit of due diligence because I knew you reasonably well and I thought I need to do some due diligence. I rang, ha- ha- uh, rang Hags. Is he a listener? Of course, yeah. <laughs> avid. Like he writes in a lot, Hags. Just ease up on the feedback actually. But I, I rang him and he smelled a rat, yeah. but he didn't call me out on it. But it was well before... Uh, we got anywhere near Twin Waters. And I was also respectful and actually I'll be more honest, Danny was very respectful of anything to do with the Panthers um, and so was Adam. So I had a little bit of a role to find out some background. So I rang Hagues to find out a little bit okay. when he worked with you. What did he say? It wasn't complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was – He was. I, I think he knew what I was about. I initially yeah. just rang to get your number and I thought, well, if I can find the information, I might not have to ring. Yeah, but, good, uh, good. He, he, he spoke – a lot about the diversity that you put into your training and how much you love to learn. And yeah. to me, that's one of the big takeaways straight away. You're, you're a busy man, you have busy days, you start very early and you tend to work till late, but in between you still seem to find time to sit with a player at lunch, enjoy lunch with them, somehow you get a piece of gold from the conversation. You're very observant of all that stuff, Frank. It's um, something I value a lot of and being influenced by guys... Like a Wayne Bennett. Wayne Wayne Bennett, to me, has been a bit of an influence um, since I worked with him in the 2008 World Cup with the Kiwis and uh, he's been an influence guy. Little experiences over the years, like even sitting having lunch once. I know this is a huge name drop. Get ready to dive. Here we go. Get ready. But lunch with Alex Ferguson, who in my world, like the godfather of coaching, um, Guys like Alex Ferguson, who's lasted 25-plus years in one club. A guy like Wayne, 21-plus years in one club. Um, you see those connection points they have with players, how much they care about their players. Like Guys like, you know, just observing Glenn Mills coach in Kingston, Jamaica, who's coached these guys for 30 years, and his athletes look at him like the, the godfather, you know. Um, people talk Wayne about being a father figure. Um, Ivan was very big on caring for his players and the culture. My own father, he he coaches an athlete where they've been together twenty odd plus years. Um, those things are more as 
as or more important than what you're going to read in a textbook. So that little chat you might see me having with a player at lunch, sometimes, like you say, you just get some information out, out of making an effort to talk to someone. That's going to help us be better tomorrow. Um, yeah, not many people would notice that, but I noticed you notice that. Like even the way we've, we uh, do things with our players, getting to know each other better, in the end, the teams that win on grand final day, as you know, they are the closest tight-knit group that year. You can see it. You can you can see what the Penrith Panthers were like last year. You can see what the Newcastle Knights were like of 01 or 97. You can see, like, the amount of times you've heard a grand final speech of a captain saying, these are my family... It's only when you genuinely live like it's your family that it's real. Everyone uses the word family, Frank. Yep. Everyone. Yep. Even the teams at the bottom of the ladder use that word. But unless it's real, unless it's real, then you're not going to be there on the big day. So it makes me ask you the question now. You've led me into it. If that's the case, because when you made the decision to the leap of faith to come here, you didn't know what the end result was at Penrith. So why Newcastle, why now? Timing was definitely right. The way Adam sold the vision of the club, um, I already have so much respect and trust in Denny Badiris um, because we have this same vibe at the staff level of New South Wales. You think about that staff at New South Wales, Brad Fittler's a, like a best mate of mine who... He builds me up, I build him up. I trust him with my life, he trusts me with his. He's got Greg Alexander on staff who, you know, they're like brothers, uh, legit brothers. Like Freddie's got Brandy's brother's name tattooed on his arm. They're probably, I think they're godfather to each other's kids. They are rock solid, rock solid. Can't get any closer, Greg Alexander and Freddie. Then you've got uh, Bedsy who... Him and Freddie have shared so much together. Then you've got Joey on staff who have shared so much together. Um, there's there's Paul Sirenen who's on that staff who Freddie, Freddie says when he was a young kid, Ciro took him under his wing. So, f- like, that staff, like, there's so many I forget to mention already, like Craig Fitzgibbon's been on that staff who Freddie defended with him together. They stood next to each other for years. So that type of stuff is what I believe in and Bedsy's a key part of that. And when he told me that's what he's building here, I've turned up and it's actually true. Adam and Eric and Rory are so tight, yep. so tight. I knew I was walking into Willie Peters and Blake Green. Willie Peters and Blake Green were so tight with Harry Harris, who I was bringing. Blake Green made his debut in a team I looked after, the Parramatta Eels. He debuted on April 7, 2007 in the retro jersey against Canberra. Uh, I, I usually remember debuts. Um, uh, Willie, I'd worked with the City Origin team before. Uh, I was able to bring people that I'm tight with. I just had this vibe that Newcastle were believing how important it is to have such a tight-knit group of staff. So when they committed to forming that type of staff and Adam and I really, really connected, our beliefs were on par straight away. We, we were, our philosophies were very similar. 
he knew what I value, I know what he values. So I don't know, Frank, the timing was just right. My kids now go to school in the Hunter. Um, yeah. It's a great club. I, I don't know what else you want me to say. Like, it's just... I'm going to give you one. You speak about Willie Peters, and Willie's always someone who bubbles and bounces. I can see not only has he got the bubble and the bounce at the moment, but he's also thriving around that connection piece that's there. And, and that's just a little takeaway for me. Makes me so happy to see because Willie's a bit, and he's one of those people that everyone pulls the energy off. And to me, that's a great insight at the moment in how excited everyone is is bouncing into work because you work really hard. That a lot of people don't understand, and most most staff do. It's not about working hard. We're just working smarter already, and there's and the players will be the same. We got another whole lot rolling back on the twenty fourth of November. They'll feel this, Frank. They'll feel it. They only have to see the staff together and that'll, from the top down, that'll rub off. They'll feel the belief. The staff that have all come here have come here to win. They've come here from clubs that know how to win. The players will feel the care that the type of people I've brought in. They're people that will do anything for a player to get better. And it's not about the staff. It's not about them. It's about what can I do for you. They're real team players, our staff. They put the team first. I mean, we haven't even mentioned you, Frank. You you did something that I don't even think you know how valuable it was when you took – we took the staff away to the Anchorage Resort recently. What a resort. <laughs> oh, pretty my good. God. Anchorage yeah. Resort. I think uh, we need to go back. I don't think we finished. Yeah. Um, thank you, Phil. Is, is Philip, Philip listening? Yeah, definitely. Philip, I think is, we should probably have be careful weekly too. staff meetings yes. at the Anchorage. So – you value what I value because you did a few things there to get the staff connected very deliberately but in an authentic way that's you. Um, and the way the staff finished that, that camp, we already started on November 1, rock solid. Um, so, yeah, you value it. I know Adam values it. He tried to create. He said that's what he wanted. That's why I brought these people. So the players will feel it. They'll feel that they've got a staff that'll do anything for them to make them better every day. There's so much to be excited about. We can talk about, you know, Dane Gagai coming. We can talk about Adam Clune. We can talk about NRLW, Centre of Excellence. I'm going to do the unfair thing and get you just to pick one thing and put it on the line now because we'll get you back on Knights HQ later in the year and we'll hold you to this. What are you excited about and something you can anticipate? Well, I'll tell you a story, Frank. Which is what podcasts are all about, aren't they? Stories. You go wherever. Uh, this is a very, very <laughs> organic podcast. <laughs> I tell you what, I've, I've never worked with Caelan Ponga before. I've met him uh, through others or, you know, Sunshine Coast when he's hanging out with Connor Watson up at the cafe and I'm, I'd worked with Connor before, so I met Caelan. Sure. Caelan doesn't have to return for another week or two and... He reached out to catch up together, to sit down and have a chat about the year. And uh, I was so pumped for this, Frank. i tell you why. Because everyone had been telling me, Joey had been ringing me, Adam had been ringing me saying, Caelan is on. Like his desire to win, not to rebuild, his desire to win. He wants to win so badly. So when he sat down with me, I said, look, Caelan, I'm big on looking for evidence in things. I, that's what I do. People say they want to work hard, but you can see it on the field. 
uh, I've heard you really want to make like you want to own this team. And but now I can actually see evidence of it because you're sitting here in front of me. We're ha- we're having a coffee, talking about how you are going to own this team. So I left that meeting honestly. Like I, that's an everyday scenario in our jobs. You you sit and you chat with players and you plan things. But he has this burning desire going on right now that I'm not sure it existed before, but. In conversation, what I heard, uh, that that's going to lead to some special times. Uh, I can only compare it to clubs I've been of late. And when players own it, Frank, when a young, like, like Nathan Cleary, same age as Kalen, when Nathan owned that team, you've seen other, t- you've, you've been at some big clubs yourself where you know it. When, when the players own it, how powerful it is. I left that coffee, little coffee date with Kaylin. Uh, I left that conversation so excited for what's going to happen. So I, I don't know if I've given you one thing, but I have given you one player that wants to own it. He's going to do many things. That's mm. maybe even better. You maybe like, mate, we could do this for hours. We need to stop because we could <laughs> keep going forever. We will cover Mitchell very shortly. We will take a break very shortly. We're going to talk to you about Mitchell Pierce and get that elephant out of the corner. Hayden, I'm excited to see you prosper here. We have got a little bit more to go on the podcast, but thanks for the insight. Appreciate it. Looking forward to a lot more. We'll take a break on the other side of the break. We're going to grill him, give him a first five, and then we're going to close out really firm. Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Knights HQ is brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training, providers of engineering and construction labour to the hunter for over a decade. Welcome back, Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Well, that was fun. I really enjoyed learning a little bit more about how we enticed our uh, new head of performance, or what is it, coach of performance? Have I got that title right, Hayden Knowles? Well, it's... um yeah, it's head performance coach if I'm right. working with Adam day to yep. day. If I'm working for Phil, he's given it a pretty fancy title, Frank, called Group General Manager Performance, <laughs> which I've never, ever heard of in this industry. It's never been done. It's never it's been fantastic. done, but it's does, a great does title. Does that mean you've got to do more with – so anyone anyone in the West group listening in, if you want Hayden to do a one-on-one, <laughs> just write in. We'll, we'll do it. It's, it's media at no. newcastlenights.com.au. Give us the feedback. Yeah. When, you, when you're there, rate us as well. Rate this podcast. Okay. Jump on and give us a rating because we need that. Download the app. Just get fully involved in it. Now, mate – I'm going to grill you on five. Now, this might be – this is really raw because whilst you live at Lake Munmora and Newcastle is friendly to you, there's some new learnings for you. So first thing that comes into your head when I ask you these fast five, you know, like your fast feet you're on the ladders. Favourite thing to do in Newcastle, Hayden Knowles? So far, I went for a walk at 5am at Bar Beach up on that uh – up on that cliff face this morning. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. The walk. Yeah, the walk. Fantastic. Walk. With my headphones on. Uh, what were you wearing? Was it something lycra? Was it tight? <laughs> body, it'd be body science for sure. The black body science T-shirt with the white riding hey, down, the front. What was downstairs? Did you have the long tights on? I might have been big noting in some sort of representative level shorts. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is meant to be quick. Favourite movie? Braveheart. Right. Favorite thing, favorite team outside of the NRL. Gee, you've seen some over the years. Yeah, my God, 
Well, it's got you can do a couple from different sports if you want. I'll let you in on that. One from a couple of different sports. Well, NFL. I'm not a mad fan. I uh, study parts of it athletically, but I'm not a mad fan. So I love reading about Pete Carroll, Seattle Seahawks. I love okay. him. Yep. Bill Belichick, I love studying his stuff. So, But I don't really have a team. Soccer, Man United. Man United. Um, because of Alex Ferguson. But again, I'm not a mad fan. Um, so you're just a rogue. You like yeah. boxing. You like combat. A few yeah. other things. Okay. Yeah. All right. Favourite drink? Steel City. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're paid. You, Honestly, you're paid. Cash for comment? Oh, just about. It's getting to... <laughs> <laughs> Epidemic proportions. I thought to drop off after last year. They were very good to us at Twin Waters. I must say the the new um. What is it? The, uh, the pale ale. <laughs> Thank you. Do you need my address again? Any young Gidzy Bedzy? Uh, who was your hero growing up? As a young child, I loved a decathlete named Daly Thompson. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I love mm. that image of him where he's standing really strong. After the 1500, the last event, and there's about 10 athletes laying on the ground. He's standing there after winning. He was the first athlete I can remember as a kid. Really? Yep. Yeah, yeah. outstanding. Yeah, I think it was in the it. 80s. Okay, we're going to wrap up with a health and fitness philosophy brought to you by Balance Collective. Man, this might take hours. Just give us one of the many health and fitness philosophies you have. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We should have just narrowed that down. Well, our philosophy with our players is... Be better every day. So, One thing I'm just going to ask, just pluck one thing out that you like a consistency in a player daily. You do a lot of this with the team. Is there something you say to your player, if you do this, you'll have a good day? Well, we start our day with, did you sleep well? Are you hydrated? Have you done any breathing today before they walk in the, before they walk in the room? We get them to say what they're grateful for and set their intentions for the day. If you do those few things, you you can't go wrong, really. Um, they've done that before our day has even started. No wonder you're up at 5am at Bar Beach. I thought you had other <laughs> alternative options there. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to close it out, including I'm going to ask Hayden Knowles how he feels about Mitchell Pierce's exit from the Newcastle Knights. Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights, the only place to get the news. The all-new 2022 Knights home and away jerseys are on sale now. Head to shop.newcastlenights.com.au to secure yours now. All right, Hayden, we're right down the back straight now. We're going to close out Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Hey, listen, I shouted it out before, but if you want to ask any questions to Hayden, any of the staff, you'd like us to bring it up here on the Knights HQ, send an email to media at newcastlenights.com.au. We'd like you to subscribe, leave a review, Apple, Spotify, Spotify, or wherever you like, on wherever you get your podcasts. There's so many ways to do it. You can find the entire back catalogue of Nights HQ on the Newcastle Nights website with new episodes dropping first on the app, then to download the app, turn on the push notifications, and all of it comes to you. Uh, the second episode will be dropping soon. And keep an eye out also, I'm sure we've got a level up, won't be too far away, in behind the walls of the Newcastle Knights. We thank Maxwell Recruitment and Training, our friends bringing you this episode of the podcast. Before I sign out, H, big news this week. We had our GM of football, Danny Baderas, front the media and speak about the fact that Mitchell Pearce has been granted a release from the club. 
Yeah, it is sad. Anytime you, you see someone that's had a significant contribution to the club to move on, but at the same time, it's a celebration, I think, for, for Mitchell personally. Always player. Um, it's always the person first and the player second. And I think for Mitchell and where he's at, it's a great opportunity to go over to the, the UK, and especially in France there in the Super League, and, and really finish off the way that we know he will and enjoy what, he, what he's about. So for us, uh, Mitchell came to the club at an extremely tough time, and you now he showed some faith. And, you know, it's, uh, it's great to see him, you know, being able to go over to the next stage now and, and really celebrate that career of his. 300 games when he was at the club. He won his Origin Series here at the club. So he's been a significant contribution to the club. So H, it was a big day. It was a difficult time. Uh, what role, if any, did you have in the request from Mitchell? And how do you feel about Mitchell Pearce leaving the Newcastle Knights? I played no role at all, but I, I have huge respect for Mitchell Pearce. I've been privileged to work with him through his career for a few years there at the Roosters. Uh, no better moment than seeing him. Um, well, I had the best seat in the house, Frank. I was actually stood probably 10 metres behind him when he called for that ball in origin when Cam Murray passed him that ball. And that ball and uh, Blake Ferguson makes a break down the sideline who ends up passing inside to... Tedesco just to score that historic try but if Mitchell didn't back himself in that moment mm. that that history doesn't exist so to see him do that after all the pressure he wore all those years I used to see him come back to Roosters training and the whole world was blaming him for origin losses I hated that mm. I hated seeing his origin teammates not put their own hand up and accept some sort of responsibility. It was all left for Mitchell to wear it on his shoulders. I really didn't like seeing how he was treated over the years. To then see him have that moment, to see him hug the players after the game, to see Freddie give him that hug. I snuck one in there, a little <laughs> bit of man love there. Um, but I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, I had nothing to do with what's happened here. Obviously there was... He had his reasons to go and the club had their reasons to allow it to happen. Um, I would have loved to have worked with him again, but it's not to be. I think Danny Badiris would support that. I know at the time it wasn't really spoken about publicly, but I know Bedsy was particularly happy that he could close that origin chapter. He felt very similar to those emotions. I know from the club's perspective it would come in late October, the request. The time was right for Mitchell, but the club put Mitchell first. It does put us at a vulnerable position, but what it also does, the next man up steps up. The Adam Clunes, the, the you know, Jake Cliffords, um, you know, the Phoenix Croslands are all there, and that's what we'll concentrate on, promoting from within, coaching the hell out of what we've got and getting plenty out of it. So on behalf of the Newcastle Knights, we wish Mitchell all the best in France. I'm sure he'll fit in beautifully over there with a San Gervaisi or something and slide into the, the French lifestyle. But he has been a great contributor to this club. He played 300 NRL games at McDonald Jones Stadium. He went back-to-back in final series and... The time is right for Mitchell to leave and the club supports that. We move on now and we look forward to everything that comes in 2022. With you at the helm of the performance team, thanks for joining us here on the Knights HQ. It hasn't been too grilling, has it? Mate, I actually love chatting to you, Frank. You are you're perfect. I'm going to – do you mind if I talk to Phil? He needs to pay you a bit more. Hey, hey, now, listen, I'm not coming with you, but good luck. <laughs> I think I can anticipate what the answer is going to be, but, uh, mate, it's been a pleasure. Hayden Knowles, wonderful to have you here on the Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Join us in the next episode. 
don't stop listening here. Listen to the entirety of Knights HQ Season 1 at newcastleknights.com.au and don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen. 